Life Audio. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. Also, if you're on Facebook, check out our community group. Just look for Daily Bible Podcast in the groups. We would love to have you there. We love meeting new friends. So join us and invite a friend to join you. And, you know, it's just been so much fun, Trisha, to read the Bible with such an amazing group of people around Mm -hmm. us. Like to read in community, I feel like I'm learning more. It's not just me digging in, it's you digging in and it's our friends in the community group that are digging in. And I feel like it's just, I'm getting a fuller view of who God is. I'm getting a fuller view of the Bible and his plan. And it's, it's just been fun. It's, 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 sharpened me, I guess. Yes. I so, cool. okay. So today we um, read 2 Corinthians 2 verses 5 through 17, 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 5, and 2 Corinthians 6, the first 13 verses. So do you remember back in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul sharply rebuked the Corinthian Christians for their casual attitude toward a man and his sin. And Paul told them to put the man outside the spiritual and social protection of the church family until he repented. Well, he repents and Paul is saying, hey, it's okay. Forgive and comfort him, like bring him back, restore him to the community, restore him to the church. But listen to verse 10. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. And John Calvin said to this, to withhold forgiveness from the repentant is to play into the hands of Satan. There is nothing more dangerous than to give Satan a chance of reducing a sinner to despair. Mm. Whenever we fail to comfort those that are moved to a sincere confession of their sin, we play into Satan's hand. And and I just, I, I, I don't know, I probably saw this passage differently because we're having to study and learn more or not learn more, but, but study. And I was just like, there is something powerful that God does in repentance and mm-hmm. forgiveness. Yes. It's, it's, it's not just for the person who's forgiven. It's not just for that repentance, but there's almost like this shield that goes up around us against Satan's arrows that that shield was down while there was unforgiveness and while there was not repentance. So there's just something powerful in repentance and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Then Paul talks about the triumphal procession of Christ and the supreme honor that he uses to spread the good news, the gospel. 
And we are basically supposed to emit the fragrance of Christ. And he reminds us that our lives are the evidence of Christ's work in us. And then he goes back to talk about the old covenant and the laws and the new covenant and freedom. And Paul, as we've said before, and as we will continue saying, he preached the gospel boldly. And notice the text says that he says again, for Jesus' sake, I'm servant. I am a servant. He is a servant for Jesus' sake. Remember, Paul was a servant. He was a bond servant. He was a slave. And when Paul considered the greatness of his calling, it gave him the heart to face all his difficulties. Like he's remembering, I am a servant of Christ. Mm-hmm. Face it all. You know, we often lose heart because we do not consider how great a calling God gives us in Jesus. And he said, do not lose heart. Many times the gospel is clearly preached and people, they, they, they walk away unchanged. They are blind. The blindness of unbelievers in no way detracts from the clearness of the gospel for the sun is no less no less bright because the blind do not perceive its light and that was from John Calvin and that's so true is that there are times and we're seeing in Paul's account he was preaching the gospel and there's going to be some people who are just closed off to it and um and then in 2 Corinthians 4 beginning in verse 8 we come to these words but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body so then death is at work in us but life is at work in you. Paul is willing, no matter what it takes, no matter what it takes to preach Christ. And he's saying, fix our game mm-hmm. on things above. Don't look around you. And that is so easy to do. Believe me, I know looking around us only brings more troubles and only accentuates the troubles. And Paul is saying, don't do that. Look up. Look up, dear Christian. Look up. I love that. Fix our gaze on things above. And gazing seems like not just like glancing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like gazing, like really looking on things above. Mm-hmm. Um, in Second in Second Corinthians five, Paul discusses the concept of the resurrection and hope of eternal life. Five one says, "For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed." We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And that's from the NIV version. Remember, Paul's day job was a tent maker. So destroyed here is the same word used for striking down a tent. It actually means striking down a tent. Um, One day God will strike the tent. We will each receive a new building from God. So like the tent is flimsy. You know, it's like it can be struck down easily, but we will receive a new building from God, a place to live in through all eternity. He emphasizes that believers have a heavenly dwelling awaiting them and should eagerly anticipate being with the Lord. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. 
Charles Spurgeon says, The righteous are put into their graves all weary and worn, but such they will not rise. They go there with the furrowed brow, the hallowed cheek, the wrinkled skin. They shall wake up in beauty and glory. Mm. I love that. Mm. Um, Verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs in Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So we are new in the moment we accept Christ, but someday in eternity, we're going to be really new. Like we're going to be all new. Um, no more hollow cheek and wrinkled skin, <laughs> furrowed brow, gray hairs. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul also stresses the ministry of reconciliation where believers are called to be ambassadors for Christ, spreading the gospel of reconciliation between God and humanity. Mm. So what does reconciliation mean? God did not ignore or give in to sin. Instead, he covered the cost. And we talked about this a couple of days ago. Like he didn't make the law any less. Our sins were on Jesus and his righteousness is on us. Um, this chapter encourages Christians to live by faith and not by sight to seek to please God in all things. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, mm-hmm. so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And then Second Corinthians 6 continues Paul's letters to the Corinthians, where he implores them not to receive God's grace in vain. He underscores the urgency of responding to God's message and salvation with sincerity and dedication. Paul mentions the hardships and trials he has endured in his ministry, emphasizing the importance of perseverance and genuine love. He urges believers to separate from the world's ungodly influences and to live holiness and righteousness. And the chapter also contains a famous appeal to believers not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, highlighting the importance of maintaining spiritual purity and integrity in their relationships. I'm I'm really enjoying Second Corinthians mm-hmm. more so than I have before. Yeah, and I'm just I'm I'm loving the fact that Paul's continuing. We're not seeing anything new, but he's continuing to explain things in different ways, in different um, terms, to help us just truly understand what it does look like to live a holy life, what it looks like to be fervent for Christ, what it looks like to believe the gospel and live it out. Mm-hmm. And also he's older now. Like, yeah. I don't know how many years have passed since first Corinthians. That's first true. Corinthians, first Corinthians was like 20 years after he'd already been preaching. So, all right. Was that Romans 20 years after he'd been preaching? I think that but, was Romans, but still, yeah. Corinthians, first Corinthians was what? 15. 10 yeah. 15, yeah. So he's older. And so I think when you get older, you just start looking more to heaven. Like our bodies are tired yeah. and it's like we have hope in eternity. And yeah. it's been really hard, but I don't know. It's like he is older and he's wiser, but he's also looking to eternity. And he's yeah. looking to like what God has in store for him. Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, we need to take a break and we need to hear from our sponsor. But when we come back, we'll have the word of the day. Stay tuned. Okay, so the word of the day is treasure. And of course, we know that treasure, just defined by any dictionary, says that it's wealth, such as money, jewels, precious metals. It is wealth that is stored up 
or it can be hoarded. And so treasure could be something beautiful, but it also could be something that's hoarded somewhere. And you kind of wonder, is that beautiful? I mean, if you watch HGTV at all and you watch the show, <sighs> I, my kids would like to watch that. I'm like, no, stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they, they're they treasuring things that aren't worth treasuring. Right. But then exactly. you, you wonder, like, is God like saying they're treasuring things that shouldn't be treasured? Yeah. Yeah. We could probably do a whole theology lesson on that one. Very good. But moving on. Okay, so in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, Paul says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Hmm. So this light shining in our hearts contains this great treasure. Like, what is that treasure? Hmm. What are you hoarding that treasure? Are you storing up that treasure? Because that treasure is the greatness of the gospel of Christ and the glory of God made evident through that gospel. It is the very light of God and the light of the knowledge of the glory of God reflected in the face of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest treasure Mm -hmm. in all of creation. I mean, we've talked about the, the the gospel has been our word of the day. We talked about other words of the day that just all point to how great this treasure is and how, how it is something that reflects so much light. There is such beauty in this treasure. It is better than anything. You know, and Paul says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And when Paul considers us as earthen vessels, he isn't disparaging the body, even though he's like, hey, we're old. He's not disparaging the body or considering it merely a receptacle for the soul. Instead, Paul simply compares the value of God's light and glory and the value of what he chose to put his light and glory into. And when you compare the two, it isn't hard to be amazed that God has put such a great treasure into clay mm. pots. And let's let's just take a look at this clay, these clay pots or these jars of clay. They were earthenware vessels that they were common in every home in the ancient world. And they were not very durable, at least compared to metal. And they were useless if broken, like glass could be melted down again. They were this cheap and little, had, they were cheap and little value. But God chose to put his light and glory in the everyday dishes, not in the fine china. And so I think that that just is, reminds us once again that he has chosen to use us. It wasn't like he said, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to save this soul and this soul and this soul and put them on the shelf. He is choosing to use us. We are frail and feeble and broken, but he still chooses to use us. And we have this treasure that is hidden in our hearts. And there it has, there is a lightness. I mean, sit with anybody who is older, like Paul, sit with anybody who has this treasure in them, and there is a glow. Sit with it. And, and, and the person doesn't even have to be old. I don't know why I said old or older. 
but this, if this person has that treasure living inside mm-hmm. them, there is a glow, there's a peacefulness, there's a, um, yeah, a calmness about them. And there's a joy, a joy in wanting to share, share with others what that treasure is. And, um, and so anyway, use that treasure today. Mm, I love that. And I think we, we are so quick to look on the outside. <laughs> we just like focus on the outside and what looks good on the outside. It reminds me of a skit we did in children's church once. Um, we had these like very fancy goblets. Like they looked mm-hmm. like they were like precious stones and you know, they I mean, they were not, they were not real, but they looked pretty fancy. And so we brought it out and we asked the kids who wants to drink out of these goblets. And they're like, me, me, they look so fancy. And, um, John had put like dead leaves and dirt and a dead bee and just stuffed it in there. And the kids ran up and then they're like, they're like, ew. So we, the point of the, was that sometimes even if it looks good on the outside, mm-hmm. um, it's not good on the inside. And this is what Paul's saying. The opposite of that. It doesn't look great. These are earthenware. Like glass can be, if it's broken, melted, remelted and used earthenware earthenware couldn't be reused it's just broken um it it wasn't strong but even though we as humans equate our value with outward appearances and material possessions and we strive for perfection and glamour and we want to be like that fine china i love what you pointed out michelle that god chose to place his divine light and glory in the ordinary vessels of our lives in ordinary people and when I think of the people that poured into me, my Sunday school teachers, pastors in our lives, friends, my grandma, you know, just like so many people, they're not top models or like the outside. Mm-hmm. It's not like the things that we strive for isn't what's important. Um, the outward appearance, our possessions do not determine worth or significance. Instead, it's the treasure within me and within you, within these people. It's the knowledge of the glory of God reflected in the face of Jesus that truly matters. Like we know we have God in us. God is in us and we are ordinary and that's okay. Like we could, (laughs) I curled my hair this morning. I could fancy up, but that doesn't change anything. Like what is inside is what matters and encourages me to embrace my imperfections and my fragile nature and knowing that's precisely what God wants. He wants to shine in our weaknesses. In fact, where we are weak when he's able to shine, um, that really shows God in us. Not that we are great. That's where we are strong. Yeah, that's where we're strong. Ah, such good stuff. I love, I love Mm -hmm. treasure and I love like treasure isn't like our matey, let me see your treasure chest. (laughs) It's the treasure of ordinary vessels. It's the treasure of ordinary vessels and the treasure of Christ. Like just thinking of who he is and what he has done for us. And, and just thinking through the other words of the day, even though the words of the day are not coming to my mind right now, but remembering just all that he has done for Mm -hmm. us. That is an incredible treasure. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Michelle, would you like to pray? Sure. I would love to pray. Oh, Father God, we just come before you today and we thank you for your words. We thank you for your words that um, we get to read 
and that there is no law against reading those words, memorizing those words, putting those words away in our hearts. And um, I thank you, Father, that there is no law against that. I thank you that we have the ability to learn how to read so that we can learn and we can um, we can read your words and we can walk away changed. And um, Father, I just I just pray that as we read Paul's words today, that we would take to heart what he is sharing and what he is trying to, the point that he is trying to get across, and especially about treasure. Father, what amazingness, and I don't, I know that's not probably not a word, but still, what amazingness that, that you would put that treasure in our hearts and um, Lord, that we would reflect your treasure to the world, because it's not about us, it's about you, but that you would allow us to reflect that treasure to the world. And Father, I pray that today, as we just think through things, that we would we would come to see that treasure, that treasure in the gospel of Christ, even brighter, even um, more on display in our lives. Show us how to put it more on display in our lives. But Father, may we may we continue to um, to just oh I, I'm I'm lost for words right now, and I don't know how to get out of this prayer except that Father, may we reflect you more and more to the people around us. May we not squelch this treasure. We may we not hoard it, but may we give it away. And we thank you, Father, in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the Word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have a one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So tomorrow we are reading the last part of chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, so verses 14 through 18. Then we move on to 2 Corinthians 7, 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9, and 2 Corinthians 10. And I want to take a second here to thank the fantastic team at Life Audio. You would not be listening to Daily Bible Podcast without their help, without their guidance and their belief in Trisha and myself. Go to lifeaudio.com. They've developed an excellent Christian podcast platform with you in mind. That's lifeaudio.com. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.